Isaac's wife, Rebecca, bore twin boys. The second-born came out with a hand around his brother's heel, so they called him heel-grabber, which is the name we know as Jacob. The first-born had come out looking all red and hairy, and they named him Esau, which might mean something like hairy, but we're not sure. Redness also followed him around and left its mark on the people who descended from him, whom we call the Edomites, because Edom means red. Isaac did a pretty typical thing and favored his eldest son, even if he was older by a few seconds, and even though God had predicted the primacy of the second, while both were still in the womb. Rebecca did a pretty typical thing and favored the baby, even if he was only the baby by a few seconds, and even though she also had the prophecy from God that ought to have meant there was no need. Anyway, the boys were pitted against each other from early on, and that left its mark on them and on the people who descended from them, both the Edomites and the Israelites. That kind of rivalry quickly becomes self-perpetuating. It's not a surprise that God's prophecies should be self-fulfilling, but it's sad when he's right about how sinful we are. Esau became dad's personal game hunter and Jacob, mom's little helper around the house. Jacob cooked a stew and sold it to Esau for his birthright as firstborn. Esau was sent by dad to hunt game for a celebration in which Isaac intended to bless him. Jacob was sent by mom to trick blind Isaac into blessing him in his brother's place, and then Rebekah sent him away to her relatives to find a wife because Esau intended to kill him. So, God was right, but in a way that maybe even he wasn't entirely happy about. Twenty years later, the brothers were reunited. Jacob returned from exile with flocks and herds with more than one family and with the same old fear of his slightly older, much hairier brother. Esau came out to meet him with 400 men, his own personal army. And I think you should just read Genesis 33 and see for yourself how the reunion goes because there's just so much going on there, much more than I can discuss right now. My take is that it goes so much better than expected, but still very little actually changes. Jacob acts contrite, but never says that's what he is. Esau acts forgiving, but never says that's what he's done. Jacob approaches humbly, and Esau lets him stay humble, letting him maintain an emotional distance that later becomes a physical distance too, again. They've come an awful long way to end up where they started, but older and with more stuff. And maybe that's Esau's lot in the story, not just Jacob's, but Israel's too. Esau and Edom will just forever live in tension with Jacob and Israel, the way we always live in tension with each other. Even when we're contrite, we don't show it enough. Even when forgive is what we've already done, we have a hard time admitting it, and then we sin again, and are sinned against again, over and over again, until we end up right where we started, but older, and often with more stuff, but always with more baggage. And God is right, 
about it all. He saw it all coming and even told us it would. But is he happy about it? Esau accepted Jacob's gift. That's as close as they get to the closure that never comes. We can give and accept all the forgiveness that we can muster, and it closes the case on nothing. God has to close the door on sin for us. He's right. We can't. So he does. Happily. In Jesus, he shuts away our sin in death, and the tension melts away between us and him, and someday between us and each other too. Is that where Jacob and Esau are now? Not where they started or where they ended, but at the end, at closure, in heaven, remembering old conflicts only in comparison to the present total absence thereof, or not at all? Are the twins finally not against each other at all anymore? If they are, it's because God made it happen. And if they're not, it's only their own fault. So either way, God was right, but if it's the first, then God is right and happy about it. I hope God's happy about Jacob and Esau. You and I are dust and breath, loved by God, bought by Jesus. This podcast is written and produced by me, Ethan Cherney, a Wells pastor serving Bethel Lutheran Church of Menasha, Wisconsin. Get in touch on Facebook at Dust and Breath Pod, on Twitter at Dust Breath Pod, or by emailing dustandbreathpod at gmail.com. Outro music arranged and performed by Mr. Peter Shawey, who is like birds hovering overhead. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you could leave a review in iTunes or just share an episode on social media, I'd really appreciate it. It's the only way other people can find the show. Now, go do what God made you to do. Be who God called you to be. Go see what God can do with dust and breath and faith in Jesus, his son.